Sarah. And I'm Trish. And this is our podcast called Trying to Win. Trish and I are trial lawyers. We're based in Charlotte, North Carolina. And this is our podcast about being trial lawyers, being female trial lawyers, and just kind of life in general around practice of law. Who do we have today? So today we've got Jeremy Sugg with us, who apparently is really enjoying hearing himself talk in the microphone. Is that correct? I, do. I like it very much. I can't believe this is my first time on a podcast because I love listening to podcasts and I love listening to myself talk. Uh, yeah. I, so this yeah. is perfect. It's like his perfect Friday. Yeah. It's so beautiful outside it. and I get to listen to myself talk. Yeah. There you go. But we're inside for a little bit longer. Yeah. yeah. So Jeremy has been um, at Lincoln Durr for going on four years? Four years. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Uh, focuses his practice on He's business litigation yeah. uh, for the most part at Lincoln Durr and is here to talk to us today about really what the difference is between trial lawyers and litigators. So if there is one. Yeah. Well, I think it's funny because you just said he was a business litigator. Well, and you guys introduced yourselves by saying, hey, we're trial lawyers. Ah, well, okay. So, so here we go. Oh, here my we, God. Here we, I have, I have a bias step. that I didn't step. even realize. Look at that. What do they call that? In an uh, unintended bias? Unconscious. What was it? Unconscious. bias. Yeah, there's another word for that. Inherent? I, I can't remember what the word is. Is it an inherent bias? That's what I was thinking. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We won't waste time on that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeremy. Wait, 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 did you finish introducing him? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so just to belabor the point further, do you guys consider yourselves trial lawyers or litigators and why? Why are you looking at me? Uh, I mean, I, I consider us to be trial lawyers. I consider the lawyers who sit in big firms that we refer to primarily as crystal palaces, as litigators. They shuffle a lot of paper. They do a lot of doc review, but they don't end up in the courtroom very often. It's one of the reasons that we started Lincoln Durr was we wanted to be a law. We wanted to be lawyers that stayed in the courtroom and tried cases. And so that's been our focus the whole time. Not that there's anything wrong with being a litigator. It just... My preference would be to be in the courtroom as often as possible, as many days out of the week as I can get there, I'll go. And so I definitely consider myself to be a trial lawyer. I would call that a conscious bias. (laughs) Okay, yeah, maybe. (laughs) I I really would. I think the line's a little grayer. I don't know. I actually Googled this this morning in preparation for this just to see what the consensus was out there. And there's a lot of law firm blogs that talk about it. Some of them say a litigator poises cases to settle and trial lawyers don't even handle the workup of the case and just come in and just try the case like from place to place to place to place. I think there's a variety of definitions. What am I? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, right. I mean, because even so, even in our practice, we We, do do doc review, we do, you know, we file written briefs, and a lot of our cases do get decided on things that just get filed with the court and don't end up in trial. So I think that there's, yeah, there's a fairness element to that, that we are a little bit of both. But the other uncomfortable part of calling yourself a trial lawyer is I think historically, people consider trial lawyers to just be plaintiff's attorneys. So the trial lawyer bar is often kind of a euphemism for the plaintiff's bar, uh, which I don't agree with, but I think a lot of people view it that way. Yeah, I think there's a lot of connotations in both words, and that's kind of why I thought it was a good thing to talk about because, Tricia, I saw the same blog that you did. (laughs) 
you know, when I was thinking about this topic and, you know, if you, if you just, I'm sure a lot of people listening, especially if they're not attorneys and maybe even if they are attorneys, they've never thought about the distinction or, you know, heard anybody talk about it. But I think, especially in the legal marketing area and especially legal marketing from people who consider themselves trial lawyers, there's a, you know, a very heavy negative connotation with being a quote unquote litigator. So like that blog that, that you referenced, you know, I think that was from a plaintiff's mm-hmm. firm. And mm-hmm. like you it said, was, you're right. it, it was basically, you know, litigators, uh, they just want to settle the case. They're scared to go to trial. Hire a real know. bulldog. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and I'll just say, you know, the first time that I ever, ever even heard the phrase used to the extent that it, you know, suggested there was a distinction. I was a young attorney and somebody was talking about, you know, a very, you know, well-recognized attorney here in town. And this other attorney who I respected said, oh yeah, he's a trial lawyer. He's not a litigator. And you could tell that there was a negative connotation to being a litigator. And I was like, I was caught off guard and I was like, well, I don't, I mean, am I a litigator? What does that mean? What makes you a trial lawyer versus a litigator? Does, is there something that makes you one versus the other? And I mean, kind of the, the definition that I came up with is I think trial lawyers, like you said, Sarah, they are in the courtroom, obviously, much more than a litigator. Does that necessarily mean that a quote unquote litigator doesn't know how to try a case? No, but they're certainly not there in the courtroom as much as a trial lawyer. To me, I think there's also kind of like a a stylistic connotation to it, you know, so like a litigator, I think of as more analytical, like, here's the issues, here's the facts that support these issues. A trial lawyer is like, let's tell a good story, you know, let's put it in front of the jury and let them figure things out. And there are, you know, obvious positives and negatives to both sides of that, because Sometimes a jury doesn't want to hear the the analytical stuff. Sometimes they don't want to get bogged down in all the issues. But you can't tell the story without the analytical stuff. Right. You know? Right. And and you you know, you can't prove your case. You can't, you know, talk about the analytical stuff without telling the story. So it's it's kind of vice versa. I, you know, I think there has to be a healthy mix of both. And so not to cut myself short on my time here, but <laughs> I thought you were enjoying hearing yourself talk. But which one are you? <laughs> well, I would uh, I would say I am definitely a a litigator to the extent that I am very analytical. Um, oh you know, my I god, think, are you analytical? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you know it's when you're thing, when you're dealing with business cases and things like that, you know, you've got to focus on putting everything in its box, putting all the issues in its box and trying to focus in on, you know, what happened, where, you know, where the breach occurred, you know, did somebody waive that breach, that sort of thing. But I also recognize that there is a lot of value in being in the courtroom and knowing how to talk to a jury. So, you know, one of our corporate clients, I'll never forget, he said, if I'm going to hire someone to represent our company, in litigation, then the first thing I'm going to ask them is when's the last time you actually tried a case? And there are a lot of litigators out there who will say, you know, it's been five or 10 years. I don't know. 
So I, you know, I've tried to make it a point to make sure I try at least one case every year, just so if he ever asks me that, <laughs> I can say, well, I tried one last year. Thank you very much. I got one in my back pocket from, from this past year, one before that. So I'm doing good. There you go. Well, but I think I, I will say this about you. If, if you say that you are wearing the litigator hat more often, I think that it's really important to recognize the analytics and the detail orientation and the really digging down and looking under the stones and pulling things out. That is so critical to any trial and, I, and certainly cannot be be overlooked. And again, I mean, I've said this before, but that is the way you tell the accurate story. If you just go in and throw a story at the wall, which we see a lot of times, that's really sloppy. And it can be easy to be disproven and your credibility gets put on the line. So I agree with you 100%. There's got to be a mix of it. And um, the analytics, you're, that's, that's your thing. You're really good at that. It's important. Well, and, and again, I mean... The, the converse of that is true as well. You know, you can be very analytical and spend two years working up a case and have everything well-developed, the facts well-developed, the law well-developed, have a great story to tell. But then somebody who is a trial lawyer and is just good at talking to a jury, they can come in there and just wipe all of that away because as you both know, anything can happen with a jury. And it's not necessarily based on the law or the facts. It's just based on who they like better, or it may be based on something that you can't even put your finger oh, on maybe it could be, yeah. <laughs> what just happened, you know, after two years of work. So I, I will say too, though, that, you know, I think if, if somebody is just approaching a case as, well, we're a trial lawyer, we're going to go to tell, we're going to go to trial and just, you know, tell a good story. You're also missing out on, you know, 90% of the case, because what about all of those opportunities in a case before trial? that you have to get rid of it through, you know, dismissal early on at the pleading stage or on summary judgment or any of those other things. And, you know, Hey, settlement is not a bad thing. Um, no, it know, saves our money in business and, yeah. in, in the business context, you know, litigation is a, is a cost center. It is not a profit center <laughs> right. at all. So particularly in cases where it's just about the money, settlement is something that you want to gear for. But don't you find that if you're preparing the case to go to trial, you are by definition more prepared at each stage of the case, like summary judgment or mediated settlement conference to be able to persuade the opposition, your mediator, the other client on the other side to your position. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's why that's why I think, you know, I like to say you've got to have a, a good mix of both. And, you know, I like to say I'm a litigator who tries cases because that's a great way to put it. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say, you know, even before the first pleading is filed, you know, if you're representing somebody who is just at the point of writing nasty letters back and forth, you better be thinking about from that point forward that that letter is going to make its way in front of a jury. Mm -hmm. That letter itself is going to be evidence of who breached first. It's good to have a lawyer at that point and a lawyer who is thinking about it in terms of what is this going to look like to a jury. Ultimately. Yeah. yeah. I think that's super important too. I do like I'm a litigator who tries cases. That's that. kind of good. I that, like that, Jeremy. I think, Dory, I think we have a We need to add that to our website. So talking Hi, about marketing. This is Sarah and Trisha. We are litigators <laughs> who try cases in Charlotte. You're gonna have to redo your intro. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of marketing, uh, what do you think is really important 
to convey to clients about your ability either as a litigator or as a trial lawyer? Um, I, I think all of that, that, that we just talked about that, you know, you've got to, you've got to have both. You've got to be, you've got to know what the end goal is trial and, you know, winning at trial. If you have to do that, obviously it helps to have experience in trials to know what that end game is going to look like so that every step you take getting up to that point, you know, again, whether it's from the moment of writing a nasty letter or, you know, filing your pleadings, doing discovery, everything else in between, you're doing it with an eye towards a jury coming back and telling what their verdict is. You know, so if you're just thinking about what's going to happen at trial and you're ignoring all of those opportunities before then, I don't think you're getting the best bang for your buck. You know, you're not getting the best advice leading mm -hmm. up to that point. But if you're also dealing with somebody who, again, hasn't tried a case in a number it's of years. Just trying to gear the case towards summary judgment or something. You've got an advantage over them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so the so the other thing, you know, the other thing I was going to talk about is, you know, if you are a litigator and if, if we're using that term to mean someone who is more analytical, more focused on putting things in their proper box, trying to explain all of that to a jury, sometimes that can be very difficult. And sometimes the jury can be won over by somebody who is a quote unquote gunslinging hotshot trial lawyer. And so there's there's obvious benefits to that. You know, if you are a litigator, how can you overcome that? And I was recently trying to figure out how we were going to handle some jury instructions in a certain case where I thought there really weren't any issues for the jury to even to address because it's a coverage case. Coverage meaning insurance, whether or not there's insurance coverage. Right. So I came across some law review articles talking about special verdicts and how they should be used a lot more often. And so I think this plays into a lot of that trial lawyer versus litigator distinction. And I think it is a tool that should be used a lot more often by quote unquote litigators to even the playing field with trial lawyers, because what a general verdict incur and, and so, you know, just to explain all of that mm -hmm. for the listener, so I say. <laughs> a, a general verdict is basically who wins and who loses, right? Hey, jury, here's all the facts. Here's all the law. Now you guys go back there, even though, you know, we've just explained 20 pages of case law to you within, you know, 15 minutes, and you've heard two <clears throat> weeks of facts throughout this trial. Now you guys go back there and figure it all out and come back and tell us who wins. That's a lot to not only to put on a jury, and it goes back to this whole thing of, you know, you never know what a jury is going to do because you're asking them to do so much in between in terms of putting the facts where they belong on a given issue, understanding the law, and then applying the law to the facts. But if you can break that up with a special verdict or interrogatories to the jury. Questions, like a list of questions. Right, yeah, so like a special verdict is more like, did this person breach on X date by doing this? Or if you can even break it up into just an interrogatory of saying, did this person tell this person this on X date, as opposed to saying who wins and loses, you know, you can help to focus the jury's attention more on what the actual issues are. It helps to take a lot of that emotion out of it. You know, it, it could also be very beneficial in med mal cases where 
you've got a really bad set of facts. There's a real risk for the jury to be swayed by emotion and just wanting to, you know, feeling like they've got to do what's right for an, an injured party. You know, a special verdict or interrogatories can really help to just focus their attention on what the issues are instead of giving them so much wiggle room to just figure out what they think is right. It's interesting. Yeah, I will say, you know, being a trial lawyer doesn't necessarily mean that you're the gunslinging, you know, get everybody wrapped up in all the emotion and um, hope that they make a decision on that basis. I have been accused by Trisha of being very clinical in the courtroom, and I am. I mean, and I do try and take, particularly in our medical malpractice cases, the emotion out of it because that's where you lose in these cases is because you are always sitting across the table from somebody that people are going to feel sorry for. Nobody wants to see people hurt, injured, you know, having lost a loved one. You just, that None of us want to see that, and you've got to take that part out of it so to get the jury focused on the issues in the case, mm -hmm. as opposed to making that decision based on emotion. So to the extent that I am a trial lawyer or a litigator who tries cases, I'm the litigator who tries cases and takes all the emotion out of it. <laughs> Not I've been accused of having too much drama, so whatever. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. I think it, it well, people just have different styles of the way they do things and different things are, you know, effective and and for me, matching the drama of the other side is kind of part of it. And it works for me, but it wouldn't it doesn't work for everybody, right? And, you know, I think um, I do think that there is the clinical side of things is extremely important, especially when you're dealing with scientific evidence as well. So I don't know. I, I think, um, oh, I was going to ask you this, Sarah. So the American College of Trial Lawyers doesn't say the American College of Litigators. And I wonder that's if that's point. also a indication of that, this, this, this bi bias or this, what connotation I think is the word you use, the negative versus positive kind of a, an idea. Do you know why they're called the American College of Trial Lawyers? I do not. Other than that, I mean, that, the, that's the organization why. was formed some 50 years ago, and I'm sure it was formed by people who value the time that they spend in the, in courtroom, the courtroom trying cases. And so they called themselves trial lawyers. And now it's kind of this esteemed organization that so many people would love to be a part of. But you have to try enough cases to get in. So if you're not trying cases, you're never going to get into the American right. College of Trial Lawyers, no matter how hard you so they, try. So they're looking at it as a distinction, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, they definitely want people who who try cases. The other thing that I would say is we were talking about kind of how can litigators even the playing field, if you've got a, a kind of a, the gun slinging drama, drama king or queen on the other side of your case, is through jury selection. And picking yeah. picking jurors who commit to you in the jury selection process that they are not going to make a decision based upon emotion or drama. And we do a lot now during jury selection, or at least I do, in talking to juries about this idea of kind of clickbait, you know, that people use these grandiose, very emotional, very heavy language to try and draw people in to reach a conclusion 
that may not actually be supported by the facts, that it really is just the headline, you know, and I often get frustrated with watching a headline on the news and waiting for the story and going, what, that was it? Or, you know, even the the title to an article and thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to be awful. I can't believe. And then you read it and you're like, well, wait, where are the facts to back that up? Right. (laughs) So I think that's a great way for litigators to try and even the playing field, even if they have to use somebody to help coach them through the process of jury selection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh so it's interesting that you raised the American college of trial lawyers. I wonder if, if you asked any of them, like, would they refer to themselves as a litigator? I mean, I'm sure there are folks in that group who handle big commercial litigation, there are business cases, things like that. But a lot of them started the way that Trish and I started, you know, trying what we used to call the wreck and neck cases, you know, the small insurance the door, defense. The door law. Door law. <laughs> Whatever walks in the door is what you do. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, a lot of them started off in that arena or even as DAs in criminal cases. That's Ashley's Bef- background. Yeah, before yeah. they started trying the higher level business cases. So, and again, the higher level business cases just are going to resolve more often because most of those cases are focused on the dollars. And if you have good business people as clients, they're always going to recognize that litigation is a cost center and that the only people at the end of the day who win in a business litigation setting are the lawyers who are getting paid by the hour. Mm-hmm. So maybe I just have a chip on my shoulder as a litigator. About- <laughs> <laughs> we'll just get you to try more cases with us. That's all, Jeremy. <laughs> You'll get rid of that chip right quick. No, I mean, I, I think, I think, you know, again, it's, it's really what you make out of it. Right. I mean, these, these terms may not have any meaning to anyone and they may have a different meaning to, you know, to different people. But I, I've definitely seen the the term trial lawyer used in a way that it kind of places this negative connotation on other lawyers. I think I just figured it out. I think I just figured when you when people say litigator, it's usually business litigation. And when people say trial lawyer, it's usually like personal injury or med mal. I mean, I think that's kind of the distinction. So don't feel bad, Jeremy. You do all you, you most of your cases are business litigation. You don't do the personal injury side of things. So, I mean, I think that might it might be as subtle as that. So maybe you're not being biased, Sarah. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I yeah. think most big firm lawyers who are handling you know major commercial litigation that are most likely to resolve either at summary judgment or in a settlement before they go to trial, consider themselves to be litigators, mm-hmm. not trial lawyers. Yeah, I, yeah, I think um, so. I think that that's absolutely true. I also think being a trial lawyer, but handling litigation matters, like commercial litigation matters, gives us a leg up on those people. I, do, I agree, too. That, that gives you the mix right. that you're looking for. Right. right. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I, I think – Again, you got to have both. So whether you're getting it from one person who, you know, knows how to litigate, but also knows how to try a case, or you're getting it from a team made up of somebody who is very good at handling, you know, things up to litigation, but then has a very experienced trial attorney ready to go once you get there, you know, providing guidance throughout the whole litigation process you're still getting the benefit of both. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So be both. So be both. Be both. I like it. That's the moral of the story. (laughs) Just do it all. Just do the damn thing. (laughs) 
Well, thanks, Jeremy, for coming and sharing your thoughts with us today on being a litigator versus a trial lawyer. And to our listeners, we hope you will listen, subscribe, download, and send us an email at Do you remember this trying one? to win at lincolnder.com and let us know what else we could be talking about that will make you subscribe more, listen more, and rate us higher. Word. <laughs> And tell them you specifically want to have me back. So, can <laughs> so he can listen and to we were going to have Jeremy come back because he loves having the microphone in his face. And yeah. thank you guys for recording my counseling session. Today. <laughs> Go get some sunshine. <laughs>